Welcome back to the Outreach Project family. This is Josh. This is Zach. We are joined today with... Jeff Sikafoos. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I am awesome. <laughs> That's right. What did you do today? I um, was out in the field putting ammonia on the corn. Hmm. Mm. Is that a typical day for you? Uh, we're just about done. We're about finished up. Field work's about done, so about ready for wheat harvest. Okay. How, uh, how many fields do you farm per year uh, we, uh my my um brother and i we farm about five thousand acres <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> does that ever get boring tiring repetitive well we we have we have several several family members that are involved so i mean real realistically it's not um falls long and drawn out but but no not too bad and when you're doing it with your family a lot of times we'll have you know three or four of us in the same field together so that's rewarding and that's fun yeah yeah it's never work if it's with family right right yeah <laughs> i'm sure they say the same thing i hope <laughs> at least in, in front of me they do yeah well good um jeff jeff is an elder at our church um how long have you attended first church about uh, eight years. Eight years, yes. yeah. I remember his son Brett joined our our small group, our grade small group around sixth grade, seventh yep. grade, yeah, yep. Yep. that time. Yep. Yep. And friends since, and yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit? He, about... he, he was doing really well until he joined that group. Oh, yeah? And I, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think about that, but yeah. Oh, that's when he got cool and... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about you, kind of what you do, who you are? Yeah. Um, uh, first and foremost, I, I'm a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. I um, uh, came to follow the Lord in 2000, in the fall of 2001, and since that time, we um, I've just um, tried to um, keep my, my my walk in line with His will and and just. Um, continue to make that a priority of, of every day. We, um, I've been married to my wife, Sherry, for 32 years and count that as, as uh, one of my greatest blessings. We're um, uh, just best friends and just time passes so fun, fast when we're um, together. She loves to farm. We, she loves to basically everything that I love to do. Um, she's involved in and um, uh, more than anything, um, it's about the family with her and me. We love being being mom and dad. We have six kids, uh, three boys, three girls. I think you guys know all of them. Clay's the oldest. He's uh, 20. Boy, I shouldn't have started that. 28 or 29. <laughs> um, Emily's the youngest. She's 16. Um, the three oldest are all married. Three oldest are married. Um, I actually have three grand grandkids. Wow. And... Um, I don't know whether I should even say this, but I, I, you know, if if the other, if they haven't told anybody, I will have five grandkids in the very near future. So um, <laughs> you guys get the scoop. You heard you know? it here so first. So if they haven't made it public, it's public now. I, I won't <laughs> like say now. which ones it is that's going to happen. So I'll either keep that. But grandkids are great. Being a grandpa, you know, it's, it's awesome. You get to see your kids go through the the same awesome experience that you did, and just get to um, uh, just encourage them and support them mm-hmm. through it. Amazing. They all live nearby? All but Susie and Kale. Susie and Kale right. are in Ohio. Um, he's a pastor there, and, and they're doing great, surrounded around a, a great community. But other than that, yep, everybody else is right right here. 
Yeah. What do you do for fun? You like fishing? What do we do for fun? Well, we love we love to boat. We love water sports. We yeah. surf. We ski. And yes, we love to spend a lot of time outdoors. Fish, hunt. Um, yeah, just just be out in God's creation. Yeah, it's beautiful. What uh, what does basketball mean to your family? Wow, um, it, it's something from. Oh, ever since the the kids were young, it's something we spent a lot of time out here in the shed just doing. And we we started out just having fun, mm-hmm. and then they took started taking it um, pretty serious. So they they've been involved ever since Clay I think was eleven. So um, we started out in um, homeschool sports, and it kind of grew a very competitive homeschool group, and all the kids kind of took their turns being involved in it. And I think it was Susie's junior year. She was she's pretty good at track. So then she mm-hmm. went into Whitco and she ran track and started playing basketball in there. And then Brett kind of followed her lead and went in there and played ball. So now he's at Grace. But we we all love love to play. And um, and, and um, yeah, it was a big part of our family. Sweet, yeah. Let's uh let's go way 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 back in time. Like okay. Really far back. Okay. Tell us about you growing up. Me growing up. Well, um, my grandpa was a farmer. My dad was a farmer. Um, obviously, farming was a whole... My grandpa started with horses. Really? So, yeah. Where are they at now? Where, where's my... Where, where's the horses? Where's the horses? I know. I mean, he went from horses and a, a, a single-bottom plow to a um, four-wheel drive tractor and a, um, you know, a, a 20-foot chisel plow. So he, he had <laughs> things changed and a 24-row planter. So, yeah, he got to see a lot. You know, um, They used to put in tile with a, a shovel where the hmm. first guy went one shovel deep and the second guy went two shovels deep to where we use a backhoe now. So um, needless to say, he, he wasn't, when we say we put on a good day's work, he, he wasn't overly impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so farming's changed. I grew up, farming's been in the family. Um, I have one younger brother. He's about 10 years younger than I am, Corey. He farms too. He lives just on the other side of town. Um, we still farm, we grain farm together. Mm-hmm. Um, share some pigs together. Um, so yeah, that, that's where did, did growing up take place? Right here, here in Southwell, really? Southwell. My um, dad's farms on the other side of town, about, so about ten minutes from here. Okay. And then, um, uh, yeah, I ended up after high school. I went down to Purdue, and I uh, majored in soil science. I had no intentions of coming back to the farm. I was going to go and be in genetics. I had all figured out. I was going to be in genetics and be down south in South America. I thought that sounded really neat. And then in the wintertime, I was going to come up and be a ski instructor. But huh. Sher- but I met Sherry. <laughs> and, and, oh. and Sherry's like, no, I'm going to marry a farmer. So um, I'm a farmer. You met Sherry at Purdue then? I met Sh- Sherry actually at the Pioneer Village at the Indiana State Fair. She was a volunteer and um, they were they were having problems finding help, and at the last minute they asked me to help. And she thought I was a volunteer, but I was actually paid. Which, when she found that out, she <laughs> she, she was she was upset about it. But I was stomping silage with bib overhauls on and a straw hat, and she thought I looked hot. And and so why hey, you know? Hey. So that's where we met at the Pioneer Village, and then she was at Purdue as well. So then we okay. we just continued the relationship on there. It was our senior year, and what what did she study? She was in um, Ag Econ. Huh. Yep, in marketing. Yep. How often do you use uh, your genetics degree? 
No. Well, um, soil science I use quite a bit. I probably forgot more than I remember, but it has a lot to do with fertility. It has a lot to do with, um, you know, all kinds of chemicals and, and botany and weeds and um, just all, all different kinds of hybrids and stuff of corn. So I, I use it some, okay. not, not near the... Not my intended. Yeah, not in no. uh, South America, but no. I, I started out in research, and I thought I was going to be in that. And, okay, and no. South so at least close enough to South America. Both have South and yeah. the name. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, close. Yeah, and then you said you came to Christ in two thousand one. Yep. You want to walk us through that then? Sure. Um, yeah, everything was. Was going great. The family, we had three kids. Sherry and I had been married for, it would have been about 12 years. The farm, the business, everything was just outstanding. And then at the beginning of um, harvest, um, I got my foot caught in a combine. And um, when that happened, we I had um, one of our employees, Rick Reif, who... Um, Good, good friends of the family had been working for us quite a bit, and he had. We'd had several conversations where he would, he would, he wanted to talk about Jesus. And at that point in time, I mean, when I, when I growing up, it's something I went to church on and off. Okay. I um, in and out of church. I um, I memorized John three sixteen, but as I got into high school, I just drifted farther and farther away. And obviously, when I got down to Purdue, I just I, I continued to move farther and farther away from the Lord. We got farming. I got caught up into being busy and got caught up into family and just never really even gave it a thought. And Rick was kind of chomping at the bit, kind of chewing on me a little bit with it. But when I got my foot caught in the combine, it, it was it was one of those moments when um, I thought for a minute that I was going to actually go in the auger. I mean, it was, it was one of those things. The auger only has about an inch opening in it, and you, you look at it afterwards, and you're like, there's no way your foot can get caught in that. But when it did get caught, it like started to pull me all the way in. But I found something at the last minute, and I, I, I obviously pulled myself out. But it just really messed up my foot, pulled the Achilles off, and just, just crushed Ooh. my heel. So I spent the entire fall... Um, on the couch with my foot above my um, heart because every time it went below it, the doctors thought they were going to amputate my foot. And um, so I had to be really careful. But it was humbling because Sherry and my brother had to do all the harvest. And we had three kids. But what really, um, I I love my kids and I love being a dad prior to that. But what was really um, hit me differently than ever before was was like mom and other people wanted the kids to go with them because I really couldn't care for them. But they wouldn't leave. They wanted to sit on the couch and they wanted to they wanted to touch dad and they wanted to be there with dad because they wanted to make sure nothing happened to me because they were worried about that and it brought perspective to life for me that I had never really considered before my vulnerability and um, just so happens the next day I'm sitting on the porch we had an accident in the hog house where our roof fell in so Rick's sitting there my my main hired guy and he looks at me and he says so I mean he doesn't even remember saying this he had prayed about it but he says so would you have gone to heaven or hell. Oh, geez. And I took one look at him, and I'm like, wow. And I, I, thought, I chewed on it a while, and I'm like, well, I'm a good guy. I would have, I, I'd, go, I'd go to heaven. And he had some scripture, and he said, well, just chew on this, and we'll talk later. And the next day, we talked a little while. He brought me some more scripture, and I started reading through scripture, and I realized I wouldn't have. I, I hadn't. I had never acknowledged Jesus I had, as 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 Savior and, or myself as a sinner, and and so we just he started walking. And my Sherry was a Christian Science, so she was even farther away than I was. I mean, she was a part. I mean, basically of a cult. So she was pretty 
somewhat defiant, but I mean, Rick was a good friend and, 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 and everything, but he just spent time and kept pouring into us and bringing scripture, and he did so. While that question seemed really brash, it was perfect for me because of my personality. I mean, Rick, I mean, God, God brought those words to me because of my personality, just like I, I, I needed it. But um, he just kept pouring into us. He would show up. He would have a few scripture, not pushy. We would read it. And the next thing you know, it worked the other way around. We started going to him. We started asking him questions. And within a matter of a month or so, I, we couldn't get enough. And we just we started diving into God's word and, and, and growing. And, and in short order, we couldn't figure out why everybody wasn't excited about God's word as we were or about Jesus as we were. So um, uh, in short order, we, we made, um, uh, I made Jesus Lord of my life and, and, and made a commitment to him and, and um, it changed everything. Yeah. Do you remember where you were at when you made that commitment? Or? Um, actually, I went to a Brethren Way of Christ. I, we were part of a brother. We, we went to the Brethren Church and um, I was at a Brethren Way event. Really neat event. A bunch of men there. Really, really meaningful time. And, and that, that's when I gave my heart to Christ, yes. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. And where were you attending church from that? Um, about a mile from where I grew Well, not even that. It's, it's a, a little country church about a quarter of a mile from where I grew up. Never had been there before, but um, Rick kept, he was honest kind of to go to church. Mm-hmm. And there was this one individual that I felt was harmless, and he ended up, I, I went with him, just tagged along with him. And that's where we, we fell in love with the people, fell in love with the, 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 everyone there. And we spent about seven years there. Yeah. Yep. And then what kind of brought you to first church from that then? So, so we left there and ended up, um, I had some family at New Hope, Westland. Okay. So we got involved there. Um, same thing. We, we, we grew there. We had a chance to um, start it out just, just greeting and, and spent some time in leadership, got, got involved at one point in time. Their, their youth pastor quit, and um, Sherry and I and four other families just stepped up and said, hey, you know, we don't have anybody. And we, we led the youth, actually, for two years to, as four families. Oh. It was amazing. It was fun. It was so much growth, but it was, it was just so, so, so much fun at that point in time. And we, we grew so fast and um, so challenging. But, yeah, so we were there for a while, and then we, um, we made the move to First Church. Mm-hmm. You said that word growth a lot. Yeah. Um, what is growth? What inspires what growth? growth? What brings growth? Wow. Um, well, growth occurred for us earlier, obviously. Um, we, we, we got into God's Word. And, and the more that we, um, we um, read, the more questions we had. Yeah. And we um, had a guy like Rick that was a student of God's Word that walked with us through a lot of that. So there was a lot of uh, kind of a, a mentor relationship, a leading in that regard. But so much of our growth, I think, came as a direct result of just just, just getting out and, and walking. I mean, when we got out at, at, at Pleasant View, we, we got actively, actively involved in the church. You know, while we didn't have much to offer, what little bit it is, we, we decided just to jump in and, and allow God to use what we had. And it, it's, it's amazing how God does that and I think so many times you know people in the church think well whenever I get to a certain point I'll, I'll, I'll jump in or I'll serve or I'll, I'll whenever I'm uh, equipped well God doesn't call the equipped he equips the called and um, I, I think that's where a lot of our growth came where we just decided hey we were so excited we wanted everyone to know about this Jesus that we just met and we're so fired up about so so we just yeah we just went for it is that ever scary 
What's that? Is that ever scary? You say, is that scary? I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, it is, but the, the thought of um, the risk of, what, what's the risk of, you know, me, if, if, if I happen to look like a fool or if I happen to mess it up, that's not near as big a deal as if someone would happen to not hear about Jesus, you know? I mean, I think so many times, I mean, I, I struggled at first. To, you meet somebody, you know, in, in the marketplace, right? You, you have that phone conversation. You know, you're like, how, how do I mention Jesus? Do I, what if I don't say it right? And it's funny how God always makes it, you know, like in Peter when he was speaking at Pentecost. Everybody heard what they were supposed to hear. You know, and I think so many times I, I can really mess it up. It's really not about Jeff. It's not about my wisdom or any of my intellect. It's about my heart. And God, God will make them hear and remember. And, 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 and what resonates with them will be, I think, entirely on him. So it, 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 is, it is scary. And, and you think of Peter getting out of the boat, right? Yeah. He got in trouble as soon as he took his eye off Jesus. And I think, you know, as soon as we take our eye off Jesus, we all get in trouble. Um, but it, it's just kind of after that first step, the second one's easier. And the third one's a little bit easier. But my blessing was I had a wife that um, because of her walk, because of who she was, I was challenged. I didn't have the opportunity to, you know, I, um, I wanted to lead well. You know, um, and... and um, she brought that out of me. I didn't really, there wasn't really optional, mm-hmm. you know, so. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Got a question? No? So, uh, you're pretty involved at First Church. Yep. You, uh, this past year, served in student ministry. Um, you're also on leadership team. Do you want to walk us through kind of some things you're a part of in First Church and community? Sure. Um, yeah, Sherry, Sherry and I have been involved in um, in several areas. I mean, one of the, um, starting out, I guess, one of the things that we first got involved in was um, Jeremy Marina obviously led the young adults for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably at least three three years ago, maybe a little bit longer, when they were on vacation. We, we helped out a little bit and we taught a little bit. Um, went to their house and, and really enjoyed that opportunity. And then we had some conversations about the fact that the age group was so wide that um, they had kids that were almost, I think, 10 years in age difference. And, and they were saying, so what do we do with this? And they were trying to think of some people that would maybe take the older young adults, and some of them were actually couples, married couples, and figure out what, what can we do with them. But we definitely want to have something for them. So Sherry and I thought that was a really good idea, but we didn't. We just thought someone else should do it. But it, it, it ended up, we prayed about it, and we ended up taking that on. And it, it was just such a cool, cool for, a step for us because we started out with, on Wednesday nights, and I think we had maybe three couples is all. But it was just really relational, and it was deep, and there was a lot of, of growth, I think, in them, but also in us as leaders, you know. And what was neat was is we just got together, and it was laid back, and we shared in a meal. We had fellowship, and we got into God's Word, and it just started to grow because they invited people that want, they wanted to come and be a part of it. And um, so we did that for a couple of years, and um, 
I'd say about a year into it, we started to see growth and, and all the students or all the, the adults to the point where they started teaching. I mean, they would come and, and we were walking through the book of Acts and Sherry and I, we didn't even have to have much of a part of it. They started taking ownership in it and they started leading and, and they started inviting and, and um, really um, even the fun nights, they would take the reins and say, hey, we're going to do this. So um, came to the point, I think we finished up. Oh, basically a year ago, and we were at the end of one meeting. We finished the book of Acts, and Sherry and I had talked, and we decided, hey, you guys are at the point where you need to go out and um, do this on your own. And and while it was bittersweet for Sherry and I, it was it's so neat to see in the last year how how they have grown, how their group continues to grow, and um, so that was kind of our first. Um, uh, really really dive I mean I guess we helped out in the middle school I did prior to that with on a lesser scale with Matthew and then with Jordan helping okay. with sixth and seventh graders enjoyed that I enjoy that age Sherry would prefer to go with the adults I, I love the the middle school age that's that's what you do isn't it uh, school, this next year I'll be at the freshman but okay. I just did seventh and eighth so okay Zach's with eighth, eighth, grade eighth graders this year yeah okay yeah one year makes a big difference when you go from the like the sixth to the seventh, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a good difference. Yes. Yes. You can <laughs> have meaningful conversations, maybe, huh? Yeah, and it's cool to see their growth as well. It is. Yeah. It is. So you've been with the same kid, or you're staying with the same group? <laughs> yep. I had them in seventh and then eighth last year, and then I'll be with them next year in ninth, yep. which will be which will be really cool to walk with them through that high school transition. And, so your plan is to go all the way through the, the senior? Well, <laughs> that's my plan, but I don't know if that's God's, but I'm open to it. Yep. Yep. That's a good way to look at it. Good yeah. answer, huh? Yeah, good answer. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> so, yeah, um, other ways that we've been involved is, is um, uh yeah, we've been um, got got involved in um, on Sunday mornings. We teach the the young couples group. Um, right now, we're going through a book on um, uh, just bring scriptural depth and stuff on Sunday mornings. And um, I, I did get involved uh, three and a half years ago. I, I agreed to become one of the elders, and that's been um, yeah, that's been an, that's been an experience. Yeah, what does that process look like? Becoming an elder. Becoming an elder. Um, a lot of prayer, a lot of um, just just making sure that you know on their part, you know, there were some conversations, making sure things lined up. Um, obviously, with my beliefs and and my my uh, the way that I view scripture and um, just the, the chemistry that might be among the elders and the other leadership team. Um, go through all of that interview process, and then um, uh, Sherry and I just spent a lot of time cause knowing that. It, um, I guess when I signed up, we didn't realize the commitment it was going to be at that point in time. Charlie, Charlie and I had a talk, and he said, we've been just so fortunate. We've kept Satan at bay, and we meet once a month. So, um, yeah. But things have drastically, you know, has changed quite a bit since then. Yeah. But um, still, it's a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity, and um, I get to spend time around, you know, a lot of really good people. So, Yeah. What? What is an elder? Do you want to walk us through what, is an elder? what an elder is and what an um, elder does? Well, um, when you look at look into Scripture at First and Second Timothy, you you have you have a lot of terms. You would have uh, a pastor, an elder, an overseer. 
So really, a lot of times when you see the word pastor and an elder and an overseer, they all three would kind of come together mm-hmm. and be the same thing. So um, we would be, I would consider us to be overseers of the church. So every church, um, elders in some churches would be um, different than ours. Like ours, we have, we have a group of, of four lay elders and, and um, the senior pastor. And then um, we we would um, be coming together with some oversight, but then we have a leadership team mm-hmm. of 16 people. So all the major decisions would come through our leadership team. A lot of times the elders may um, do, do a deep dive in some areas and, and make sure we have the background and we, we have done some thorough evaluation. And then we may go to the leadership team and get them up to speed on, on the bigger picture. But when it, when it comes down to it, it's the leadership team that would make the major, major decisions on, on maybe some recommendations and some, some advice from elders. But even beyond that, on all the big decisions, our church is congregationally ruled. So anything that was major, like say we went over budget 10%, we would actually come to the congregation and we would chat with them about and explain why, you know, this, this came up. So the congregation is really what would make that decision. When we get to the end of the senior pastor search, we will, the senior pastor will come in and he will speak to the congregation and the congregation is the final say in that. So yes, we have, the elders are the oversight, the elders are the um, uh, come alongside and um, uh, the senior pastor and, and bring accountability in that regard. But when it boils down to it in our system, the, we're congregationally ruled. Okay. Interesting. And you've done that three and a half years? Yep. And recently, you've been a little bit more busy with that? Yep. How, how often are these meetings, and what's that involvement look like? Um, it varies. I mean, um, the way our constitution of our, our church works, it, um, when you, the senior pastor, obviously, he's the visionary. He's the one that makes sure everything continues to happen. Mm-hmm. happen. So, so we're navigating an area, a time frame without a senior pastor, so there's a lot of give and take. Yeah. You know, the elders assume a little bigger role. The staff assumes a little bigger role. Rob, our executive pastor, we're all kind of a little bit in no man's land, but we're, we're trying to have the Lord lead us. And, and it's, it's amazing because I told Sherry there was times in December where I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I had this dream mine was the only parking my mine was the only vehicle in the parking lot on the following Sunday you know I mean you, you, you but God has been so good and so gracious and um, I, I feel like um, you know we just been protected in a lot of ways I mean not everything's been smooth not everything's probably been done right but um, I, I do believe we're we're trying to seek his 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 leading and his guidance and and to follow him wherever wherever he takes us yeah. I like what you just said there. It's not always been smooth or done right, but you're following his leading. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of shows that we are imperfect beings, but that obedience is, is what matters. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think in all that we've gone through, that's probably the biggest thing that I have learned. Um, when you read through Timothy and it says the elders should be above reproach, I, I read that and I'm like, well... I don't qualify. I mean, you know, you, you, when you when you read down through the character traits and you think to yourself, "Yeah, we all we are all failed people. We are all we you know." But um, 
in all reality, um, like in 1 Corinthians where it talks about he uses the weak, he uses the foolish, he uses the things that are not to nullify the things that are. And, and I mean, I think the, the biggest things that he needs is overseers that have that, um, the, the love and the respect and the desire to make sure that the bride is, is, um, is righteous and holy and prepared for his return. I mean, I think in reality, that's what really matters. And mm-hmm. if we have that heart and that mindset, I think that things will, will go well for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's change directions a little bit. Okay. You want to tell us where we're at right now? Where we're at as far right as... now, like oh, physically, uh, physically. Well, um, we're in our sh- we're in my 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 machine shop, my shed, and I take it you wanted me to talk about the ministry that we have here. Yeah, what goes on here? Okay, well, um, well, we we work on a lot of equipment in here for the most part, but um, every <laughs> Tuesday night at six thirty, we have a men's group that, that gets together, and it started about two years ago. I can't really take credit for it. Um, there was a. Uh, a friend of mine that's uh, he does tiling and he does um, all kinds of dirt removal. It's it's Tad Eads who who um, lives in Huntington who started something similar to this about a year before I did. And he called me and he invited me down, and I took to my son-in-law's Kale and Caleb. Okay. They went with me down there, and, and he started it with just the idea that six or eight guys would show up and they would basically have food fellowship and get into the word. Well, they ended up the night we were there. There were thirty-five guys. And the whole way home, Caleb and Kale were saying, man, there's no reason we can't have one. We should start one. You know, and they, they were just like adamant that the following week, you know, we have no excuse. We should start one. And all I was thinking was, I go, all right, guys, I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. I'll think about it. You know, and I kept, I kept kind of pushing it down the road. I kept, kept pushing it down the road. And, um, they, you know, Caleb was the one that he would ask me a lot more than the others. But eventually, um, I had lunch with Jim Sittler. And I, I prayed before I went, and I, I said, I'm going to run it by Jim. And as soon as I mentioned to Jim, he's like, I'm in. Let's do it. And I um, decided the next morning I was going to meet with Austin Ferguson. And I did the same thing. I was like, man, if he's in, you know. And I kept telling God, you know, you give me a, give me a little bit. So I ended up meeting with Austin. Then I had two really good friends that, well, Rick Reif, the one that led me to Christ. Really? Really good friends. I, I said, I'm going to go talk with him and see if he wants to be a part of it. And... Um, then another friend of mine's a pastor, and I decided I was going to all four of them. Didn't even think about it, all four of them, so they're in. So, so that's where it started from. I had four really great leaders, and we just decided we were going to get together. And um, the neat thing about it is, is people don't need to take a shower. They don't need to clean up. They can come sometimes wearing your boots. There's been times when I come out of the hog house. Um, when I went down to their meeting, I mean, they had guys that were just covered in mud, had just got done tiling, sitting around, and it doesn't make any difference. I mean, no one cares, and that's what's so neat about it. There's sometimes people will walk into a shed and be really comfortable where they might not be as comfortable walking into the front front door of our big, massive church. And our goal was is hopefully we can bring men, we can start that fellowship, start those relationships, and maybe at some point in time they would feel really good about transitioning you huh. know, to, a, to a body of believers in, in the church. And if not... Um, continue to have the fellowship we have here and it's just been so rich it start it was weird how it started out we we get together we we share in a meal we spend time in a big group and we we pray together but then we break up into small groups and we do our um our bible study and the conversations when we started for the first few months it was about football it was about hunting it was about all the the guy things which is good yeah 
It is. It's awesome. But it's amazing how now it's like we have a bunch of brothers together where we get real. You know, I mean, we, we have fun. We cut up. We make jokes. But then there's times when it gets pretty darn serious. There's there's some heavy stuff going on, you know, as dads, as brothers or whatever. And um, it, it's just neat to see when we break up into small groups, people have built those relationships. And over the course of the week, they get together and really are there. So anybody that's not in a small group, whether it's your guys as young, you know, your young group of um, Jeremy or Marine, or whether it's the next stage of the young couples group that um, uh, get together with Dave and Garrett and Micah and that whole group, mm-hmm. or men that are searching for something, man, I, I think in today's culture, in today's world, it's so beneficial to, to have some people you're walking with to hold you accountable. Yeah. How many attend that? 20 to 30, um, sometimes a little over 30. Um, the neat thing is my wife actually is doing the same thing in the house, so there's, there's about 20 women that come in the house or go in there as well. So a lot of the wives are in there. Um, out of the, you know, a lot of guys don't come every week, so we probably have 60 guys and, you know, on and off, so end yeah. up with about 30 here. Yeah, and it's no obligation to come every no. week at all. No, nope. yeah. really, really laid back. You can miss a couple weeks and come. Right now we're going through the book of Genesis, so. Okay. Yeah. Is it pretty, you said it gets deep, what's the, the scripture diving into look like? Is that deep? Um, no, actually, I mean, when I say we get deep, we can't, we, we get, there, there is some depth, but basically what we do is we just get in a small group and we read through chapter 15 together and we talk through it. Yeah. I mean, no, we're not Bible scholars. We're not trying to have a, a college course. We're just really trying to get through it and all, all grow a little closer to Christ over it. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes people comfortable. And, exactly. And like that. You're yeah. not hurting their brain or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, how long do you think that'll go? Well, we, we we try to wrap up by eight, but a lot of times it's nine o'clock until everybody leaves because okay. a lot of times people will just stand around and chat and talk. And, okay. You heard it here. 6.30? 6.30, Tuesday nights. Yep. Sick of shed. Do we want to drop the address? or? Sure. Probably not to the... What's that? Hit us up for the address. Let's, yeah. We'll... Yeah. <laughs> Let's not put it on the internet. Just okay. blast your home address. Let's. If you want the address, comment, reach out to one of us. Yep. That'd we'll be good. You. Yeah. Excellent. That's good. Question? I got a question. Who is your favorite son-in-law? Wow, who is my <laughs> favorite son-in-law? I man, that, that's not even fair. I, I, yeah, I, that's I, not. Don't don't ask that type of question. That's not fair. That's fair. See, it's not even fair though because I don't know who the next one's going to be. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, um, not a big fan. I'm going to dig my way out of this. <laughs> I, I I am blessed. I am blessed. <laughs> is that the proper answer? You're and I love all three of my daughters equally, too. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes. But, but you know what? I could say this. If Kale was two and a half hours or two hours and 15 minutes closer, man, he would move up. He would move off the charts. <laughs> yeah, there we go. What if you moved out to him? Wow. That might be hard to move the shed. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can't just pick up the yeah. shed. Yes, there's yes. a lot to move. Yes, yeah. yes. A lot of people to move. A lot of, lot of stuff. Yeah. Do you think you'll live here the rest of your life? Then I think that's pretty safe to say. Well, I'm going to go back to what you said. It's all God's will. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I love to farm, but if something happens that um, I'm not a farmer, I'm sure whatever it is, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Look forward to it. Yeah. What? Beside research 
and besides farming? If you had to choose one career, what would it be? I, I would, I would, um, I would actively engage something in ministry. I would use my, um, you know, I like the idea. I know in Haiti, sometimes they have these little farms where they um, bring people in and they teach them a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people in Vietnam that dig wells, you know, for, for villages and stuff. I think that's just cool. I would love to get involved in something like that. Um, I think my soul science degree would come in really handy in some areas in Africa. I mean, I, I could see myself in later age doing something like that. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, I probably won't farm um, long term. Yeah. I'll be a part of the farm long term, but that's not going to be, I'm not going to be the driving force. I got the next generation that's oh, yeah. going to step up. They're coming in hot. And that's on tape. They're going to step up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to clip that and yes, send it to them. Yes. Emphasize that for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, scripture. You're, you probably know more scripture than a lot of the people I know. Hmm. Um, what's some of the hardest scripture? there is to study wow hardest scripture there's a lot of ways to look at that like my wife they the women just got done with the book of revelation okay and a lot of people are really intimidated by that book but Mm -hmm. when you really get into it and you start to um chew on it it's it's not near as difficult Uh, you know especially the part of the seven churches when you start through it it's pretty simple I guess when I hear your question, the part of the scripture that I would say is the most difficult is the ones that I read that really challenge me, you know, mm-hmm. the part that I, um, I, um, you know, we all have some parts as we're growing that, that might not taste good. You know, they they really, they hit you right between the eyes, square, square in the eyes. And, and there's part of that. And, um, for, for me, I mean, I'll give you an example One is something that I really struggled with. Um, uh, in, in Genesis, where it talks about um, uh, you should leave your mother and your father, and the two will come together and, and become one flesh, okay? It, it talks about cleaving, right? You, you cleave, and there's this idea of when you get married, you come together in such a way that um, uh, you can't be pulled apart. And any time that that would happen, there would be pain because you're you're literally gonna rip each other apart. I mean, and, and you think of that in, in terms of marriage and getting over the fact of early on in our marriage. I mean, we had a lot going on, and we would get into arguments, and it was about me winning. You know, it was about me winning an argument. And the more I got in, dive in, and you consider that scripture. I realized there is no winner in that argument. Any time that I would do any harm to my wife, I would be harming myself. But I mean, scripture like that is somewhat hard to wrap your mind around mm-hmm. and really embrace. You know, the other one um, is, is, you know, it talks about, I mean, back to marriage again, is um, we're, we're to love our, our wives the way that Christ loved the church. I mean, when, wow. you, when, yeah. <laughs> when you really think about that, you're like you're like really. I mean, so so what all? How do how much did he love his church? I mean, he gave it all. He he died for his church. Mm-hmm. He he protected his church. He he um and, and you think of that in terms of, of your wife, and instead of saying you know I'm I'm the head of the house, you should submit to me. But if I just look in the mirror and I say, if I get this right, it changes everything. I don't even have to talk about submission because if I lead in this way, like Christ did, it'll, everything else falls in line. 
So, I mean, there's a couple of scriptures that for a while, I mean, I'm chewing on and I'm not, I'm not really getting. It's hard to really to sink in and become a part of me. But I think the more that you do, and you, you definitely recognize the blessings on that other end, and you realize that for, for me as a husband, if my wife doesn't continually move closer to Christ, if her walk doesn't, if, if because of my leadership in my family, I don't move her in that direction, then I'm failing. You know, how can I expect for her to submit to a failed leader if I'm not if I'm not doing my part? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of scripture um, that I think of when you said that. I mean, the body parts in First Corinthians 12. I think it talks about this is an interesting one as an elder that I chew on a lot. Um, so many people in the church, um, going back to what I said earlier, they don't want to they don't want to jump in. You know, the, a church of 1,200, we think everybody's more gifted than we are, right? You know, there's 16 people on the leadership, so you think to yourself, man, there's probably 50 people that are way more qualified than me. Why would they want me to be on leadership? But when you read through 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about we are all gifted. We all, God had, we all are a part of the body, right? If the foot says this to the hand, if you don't have a foot, you're in trouble. You can't go anywhere. But you need a hand because you got to do something when you get there, right? I mean, all the parts of our church are so essential. And there, we have so many gifted people, I think, that um, miss out on the blessing of being involved in the church because they, they miss the fact that God God has made them unique and special and, and a big part. And when they come and they're a part of the body, the body benefits. When they're not there, not only do they not benefit, but the body doesn't as well. But I spent a long time thinking to myself, man, I'm just inadequate. There, there's there's 1,200 people. There's no way that there's not someone way more qualified than me. But in all reality, there's every single person that walks through those front doors. I mean, they're a vital part of the body of Christ, and they can add to what we're doing. And I think that's so important. Okay. Yeah, great answer. Love it. Um, what are you studying right now? What am I studying right now? On your own. No. On my own. Wow. Or with your wife. A lot. Um, spent a lot of time in Genesis. I'm um, getting ready for men's group. I yeah. probably probably spent more time um, there than anything else. Um, you want specifics, or you just want? Yeah, like what? What does your I don't know God time and studying word look? Oh, like? okay. Yeah. Um, try to every morning first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not going to say it always happens. Mondays, Mondays, I got to start extremely early. But try to set some time apart every day to at least, I have a couple of devotions that come come to my phone at 5 o'clock. That really helps. I get have a couple of devotions. I really, at the bare minimum, I at least jump into those. Is that and, the version app? Um, or? Uh, no, just a couple that I found that, uh, okay. yeah, that, that I get. I got one from Ray Steadman. I got another one from, that's a really old one that you guys probably wouldn't appreciate. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, a couple others. And then one thing I love to do, do any of you look, ever listen to Bot Radio? You ever I heard know, of Bot Radio? I know the older folks listen to 1090 a, AM. You don't probably don't even get AM on your thing or is what was what, what, AM? One, 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 oh, one, oh, I forget what it is, but it's FM too. There's Bluetooth. Yeah, <laughs> but when you're in a tractor all day, all I have to do okay, is, is put it on 10, and I hear sermon after sermon of really solid pastors like like Dave and Jeremiah, Alistair Begg, um, John MacArthur, um, uh, just oh, so so many. So I spend a lot of time listening to sermons in the tractor. Alan Jackson's a great one, not the singer either. He's on at 1230. <laughs> um, McGee, just... A lot of really great preaching on on these stations. A lot of opportunities. Okay. 
so every every morning you set aside a little bit of time and then yep. throughout your day in the tractor yep. car you listen to bot radio and yep and sherry and i try to spend time um normally we try to pray together yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things that changed our marriages is I think when we started, started it's pretty pretty difficult to be mad at someone when you sit there and you, <laughs> you, you bow before the Father and pray for each other. So that was, that's, we tried to start our day in that way, and that's really helped. Good. Yeah. yeah. So you never get mad at each other now? Oh, no. We have six kids, and I, they will attest <laughs> to the fact that we get, but it just doesn't stay that way as long. Yeah. Yes. Which is yes. good. Yeah. Yes. Love it. So, you got... I got an off-topic question. How many hours a day do you spend in the tractor? How many hours a day? On average. Well, like in the spring, sometimes it may be 16 or 18. Um, <laughs> you know, fall, normally not quite that many. I mean, normally the combine, it definitely on means you can't start until 10 or 11 in the morning. So, um, you know, if you get 12 hours, you know, in a combine, that's probably a good day. But, yeah, spring, spring's pretty intense. Wow. Monday through Sunday? Normally, we, we, we try not to work on Sundays. Okay. We, we do our best to not work on Sundays. unless Obviously, with uh, livestock, we have, to, we have to feed them on Sunday. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd have a disaster. <laughs> but normally, we don't, we don't do any field work unless it's just a, an emergency. Okay. Love it. So we're wrapping up here. We ask all our guests the same final question. Uh-oh. Um, it's a make-or-break question, honestly. So I'm done. <laughs> if this podcast cuts off here, you know why. <laughs> um, no, what is your? Uh, you've you've gone on a lot of trips in your lifetime. What is your dream trip? No limitations. My dream trip, and I can go on the same one. I or go where I've been before. I mean, if you want to, if you're that content with it. Well. Um, just this past year, I went to Costa Rica on a fishing trip. Oh, wow. And um, I'm actually going back. I'm going to go back with Eli in January and take him for a senior trip. And the thing, I love to fish, but the thing that I love the most about it is is um, just all of creation. Like there was, there was times out there where there would literally be hundreds of dolphins that were all jumping at the same time. I mean, it, it was just, it's unbelievable. It gives you a, just an understanding of the power and the nature of God. And you see humpback whales that have just gabbed and you have a, a cap that's less than a week old. That's, that's, I mean, I don't know what it weighs. It's huge. You know I mean? But it, it's amazing. I, I love just to be on the water and be in that setting and that's um, cool. be with family. So that would be my dream trip, to be able yeah. to go back and, and fish if, it, if that's possible again. With just Eli or the dream? I love the to whole... do it with the whole family, okay. but with the farm, it's hard to do that. So yeah. I, 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 when I break away, normally Sherry and I go, but okay. each, I've taken each one of the boys on a senior trip. So okay. next year is Eli's. Is that what he chose? Or? Yes. That's what awesome. he chose. Yes. Awesome. That's awesome. And where where do you stay during that? that where do you stay during that trip? Um, oh, uh, basically a hotel right right there next to where the boats are. Okay. Yep. Yep. Eat good food. Pretty good food. Good seafood. Yeah. yeah. Good seafood. Love yes, it. absolutely. What are you catching out there? Uh, actually caught some mahi mahi. Caught some tuna. Nice. Yes. That's awesome. Yep. What was your biggest one? Do you have a well, photo? Well, Brett and I. Um, we had it on the captain thought it was probably about a 250 pound tuna wow. and we fought it for like a, an hour <laughs> and I, I just laughed when we went out there because i was like there was three really really i mean they they were 
big guys, and they were like whining around about how sore they were and that they couldn't get the fish in. I'm like, ain't happening with Brett and I. I said, we will hoist that thing in. But we were so sore. And, and there, was a, there was a storm coming, and we had to pass the pole back and forth, I don't know, maybe six or eight times. Wow. But there was a storm coming, and they, they had to change the drag, so we ended up losing the fish. Jeez. Got right up to the boat, but we lost it. But it was fun. Did you see it? Yeah, we saw it. Okay, that yep. counts. Yep. No, yep. It doesn't Not count. really. No. Not really. No. But that's okay. Do you have a photo from that trip we can show? We have show. two fish in there. We can we'll show. We can take a picture of it in there. Yeah, we'll go take a picture with you. Okay. You in your room and. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Appreciate what you guys do. I think it's yeah. awesome. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Yeah. You have any closing thoughts before? I think you covered it. Yeah, we'll slap on that photo. And uh, thank you for coming on, Jeff. We'll uh, see you guys next week. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Thank you. You have to say peace. Peace.